When I was 16, I got my first job at uh, uh, a really prestigious place called Carl's Jr. <coughs> and um, uh, I was the salad bar guy. They hired me. I had no idea what I was supposed to do, and I became like the salad bar guy. I had to make sure all the ingredients were there, the ice was packed. I got to be honest with you, I hated people after a few days of working there because they were just pigs, they were slobs. I'm like, come on, people, can you not keep the eggs out of the ice and just stop what you're doing here, right? But, but here's the thing, I, I, uh, I was given very clear directions about what it is that I was to do, what my job description was. And now every job I've had since then, of course, one of the, the first things you want to do is know what is my job, what is expected of me, what, what am I supposed to do not do? What do you want me to spend my time on? Next week, JD, Travis, you guys will have new job descriptions. Echo Story, you will have new expectations. And I think it's good for us to know, I think you would want to know, right, Story Church, right, Echo Church, you'd want to know what is it that's required of my pastor? And in return, what can JD and Travis, what can they say, what's, what's required of you? And so I just want to spend a few moments this morning just talking to you about what should be expected of them and therefore what should be expected of you. In fact, I'd say this, these really are two sides of the same coin because when we hear an expectation of a pastor in Scripture, we also, there's sort of this reverse side, this tail side that says this this tells you something about what your job is, what my job is as, as being parts of these churches, Okay. So if you've got your Bibles or a Bible app or whatever, I want you to go to 1 Peter chapter 5. We're going to start there. This is going to be a little bit different. I'm not really going to stay there the whole time, but I want to, I want to remind you, and J.D. and Travis, you've heard all these things, but I, I think it's good, like Peter says, like Paul says, I want, to, I want to stir you up by way of reminder in terms of what your expectations, what should be expected of you. So 1 Peter chapter 5 says this, So I exhort the elders among you as a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ as well as a partaker in the glory that is going to be revealed, shepherd the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly as God would have you, not for shameful gain, but eagerly, not domineering over those in your charge, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of righteousness. I want to give you six things this morning. One side for JD, one side for you, Story, one side for you, Echo. And so let's start with this. JD and Travis, shepherd God's flock. Shepherd God's flock. This is your calling. And remember, you are under shepherds. You are not the chief shepherd. In fact, your your whole goal is that your people will desire the chief shepherd more than they desire the under shepherd. Shepherd God's flock, right? These are not yours. They are God's. Someday you'll leave. But hopefully your churches go on, right? Hopefully Foothill Church goes on because there's going to be a day when all three of us are out of a job. And by God's grace, these will be churches that march into the future without us because the chief shepherd's in charge. Shepherd God's flock. What does a shepherd do? A shepherd knows his flock. A shepherd leads his flock. A shepherd feeds his flock. A shepherd protects his flock. But the greatest thing the shepherd does is creates in his sheep, in the flock, a longing for the chief shepherd. Do that. Tell them about Jesus. I know you know this. Every week, 
Make sure Jesus isn't an add-on at the end of the sermon. Make sure he is foundational, he's central to everything you do. Remember, you don't have all the answers. None of us do. Jesus does. Point them to him. Echo and story. You know what that means for you? Follow your shepherds. Follow them. Like these are men, right? These, I, I, Mark Dever said, uh, I heard him say one time that the reason he loved shepherding uh, Capitol Hill Baptist Church as one of the elders there is he said, because they, they want, they love to be shepherded. Let that be said of you, Story. Let that be said of you, Echo, that you would say, they, I, I want to be shepherded. I, I, want, I, I want the leadership. I want to follow who God has given to me. Make this a place, make it one of your goals that in 10 years or 20 years that J.D. and Travis, Katie and Lauren and their kids will look back and say, I loved being part of that church because they loved being shepherded by us. They loved following where God was leading. Listen, I'll tell you this. J.D. and Travis have been vetted in all kinds of ways by Foothill Church, by Bethlehem Baptist, by the Village Church, by the SBC, by Acts 29. In every way we can tell, Echo, in every way we can tell story, these are qualified men who are ready to bear up the responsibility. They're not perfect. They will fail. But the Bible says follow them. Follow their lead. I'll tell you what I know about these men. They want to lead you to Jesus. They want you to know more about Jesus. That's worth following. That's the first thing. Number two, J.D. and Travis, preach the word. You just said it in your video, J.D. I know this about you, Travis. What I love about you guys is you've decided that you're going to have churches that are going to be saturated in the word of God. I'm so grateful for that. And just remember that there is a difference between being word-based and word-driven, right? That is where, where you use scripture to try and say what you want to say versus letting, letting scripture tell you what you must say. And remember this, let me, just, let me just add some confidence to you. The word will perform its work if you'll let it. It just will, right? Remember what Paul said to the Thessalonians? He said what he loved about the Thessalonians, one of the things is they accepted the scriptures not as the word of men, but as what it really is, the word of God, which is at work in you believers. The writer of the Hebrews says the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing the division of soul and spirit of joints and marrow and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And of course, you know Paul's words to Timothy. All scripture is breathed out by God. It's profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. And so preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season, right? So, so how do you do that? How do you, how do you make sure you're in season and out of season? How do you preach the word and set the table and give a meal to your people every week? You study. And you study hard. Guys, the way we love our churches is through the word of God. The way you love your church, Travis, the way you love your church, J.D., is studying to show yourself approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Lock yourself in with God. Study. Do the hard work so that when you come to church, there's the milk, there's the meat to feed the flock. Preach the word. Echo and Story Church, receive the word. 
receive the word. James chapter 1 says that, 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 that we receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. Do you know this? Like this is what you need more than anything. Your job is to receive what's been given. But listen, if you're going to receive the word, hear me now, if you're going to receive what God has for you, if, you, if you're going to receive the preached word of God, then you must let these men study. You must let them get alone with God. You, you must. Listen, an hour with you is an hour out of the study. And I don't mean, I know these men. I know myself. They don't want to not be with you. They want to be with you. But do not make them so busy in putting out the fires of ministry that they have no time to go in and ignite the fire of their hearts. But they might come to you ready, having studied And let me say the opposite of what I said to them, to you. The way they love you best is preaching the word to you. Do you know that? It's by preaching the word to you, being ready whenever God calls them to preach the word. Let them preach the word. Number three, J.D. and Travis pray. Pray, pray like crazy. Right? Go back to Paul's prayers. Listen, let me remind you again. I love this. Paul, Paul in Ephesians chapter 3, and of course there's a lot of other places you could go, but he says to the Ephesians in chapter 3, verse 13, I ask you not to lose heart over what I'm suffering for you, which is your glory. So I don't want you to lose heart. And then he says this, for this reason I bow my knees before the Father. From, every, from whom every family in heaven and earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Like pray like that. Pray big prayers like that. Pray for your people. See, um, Paul, Paul isn't praying about attendance. He's not praying about offerings. He's not even praying for healing. I think we all know we want to pray for healing. He's saying if, if none of those things happen, but people were full of the Holy Spirit, full with the fullness of God, with patience, love, kindness, generosity, holiness, everything would be different. Pray for salvations. Pray for the presence of the Spirit. Pray for things you will never accomplish on your own. Do what William Carey said, right? Expect the great things from God, attempt great things for God, which means you pray big things to God. Ministry is not friendly to your prayer life. There will be a thousand things that keep you from prayer. But somebody once said, we're too busy not to pray. Remember that. You are too busy not to go to God in prayer. Echo Church, it's the same for you. Pray. Pray. Pray for each other. Pray for gospel clarity. Pray for salvations. Wouldn't it be amazing, Echo Church, wouldn't it be amazing, Story Church, if you would pray that, God, may there not be one Sunday that goes past where someone, one week in the life of our church, where somebody doesn't come to faith through our witness and testimony? Isn't that why you're here? Pray like that. Pray that God would do what you feel like is impossible for him to do, right? And when you get ready for church, pray. When you drive across the parking lot, pray. When you take your seat in the sanctuary, pray. And by the way, while you're at it, pray for JD, Echo Church. Pray for Lauren. Pray for, for Audrey and Owen and Pierce. 
Story Church, pray for Travis. Pray for Katie. Pray for Owen and Peyton. They need the strength of God. Pray for them. Ask God to help them, right? Pray, pray, pray. Number four, J.D. and Travis, don't let them despise your youth. This is what Paul says to Timothy. You know this. So what does this mean, right? You're young. Some people will not like that. They'll think, okay, you're too young. You just started shaving. Well, not you, Travis, but, right? You... So, so they're going to hold this against you. You're a young person. Travis never shaves. What do you do? What do you do? Do you pull rank? Do you call them in your office? You can't talk to me like that? You can't treat me like that? I'm your pastor? I'm your shepherd? Do you have the showdown with them? I think if you ask Paul, Paul, what do we do? How do I not let them despise me for our youth? I think Paul would say, preach the word. Don't compromise. Don't capitulate. Don't give in to the taunts of those who would mock you for your age. But I think Paul would also go, because remember what he says right in the tail of this in 1 Timothy 4. Timothy, he would say to him, if Timothy came whining to him saying, Paul, they don't respect me because I'm young. I think Timothy, Paul would say, Timothy, stop whining. You just go prove them wrong. Set them an example in faith and love and speech and conduct and purity. Show them that their criticism of your youth is unfounded. Be more pure than most guys at your age. Let your speech be different. Set them an example. And then listen, echo and story, if they're setting you an example, follow their example. This has nothing to do with age. Right? If they, if they are men that you can look at and say, I know, I've watched, I can see in Travis, I can see in JD, these are guys who follow hard after God. If that's true, age has nothing to do with it. Follow them. I mean, some parents come to faith because of their children. You can follow these men. Again, I told you, they're not perfect. You know what? Let me say it right now. They're going to let you down. They're going to disappoint you. But their age has nothing to do with your obligation to follow them. Follow them. Follow them. They're the shepherds that God has given you. Number five, J.D. and Travis, be patient. You know this. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 24 says, The Lord's servant must be patient. Um, let, me, let me speak from experience here because I failed. And Foothill Church will attest to this. <laughs> Run at a pace that people can keep up with. You don't have to accomplish all your goals by year's end. Because if you do, you're going to burn them out. Right? Right? I mean, um, don't run so fast that you trip over your own ambition. It's so tempting. Oh, man, it's so tempting. I want this thing to be great. And so we run, 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 and then we look back and nobody's following us because we've run too fast. Don't run too fast. Be patient. Run with them. And echo and story. Be patient. Be patient with Travis. Be patient with JD, right? Be patient with Lauren and Katie. Be patient with their children. Hear me now. Do not demand anything of their wives or their children that you would not demand from another fellow Christian. Like, pastor's kids get a bad rap, don't they? Everybody goes, <laughs> was that my son? 
<laughs> like, like, right? Because what happens? What happens to pastor's kids? They get these ridiculous expectations placed on them. What happens to pastor's wives? Same thing. They come and they are freighted with expectation. Don't do that to them. Don't you dare require that they perform in such a way that is beyond what you would ask somebody else to perform. Listen, make it your goal, echo and story, seriously, make it your goal that, again, if we could fast forward 10 and 20 years, that Lauren and Katie and all their children would say, the best thing that ever happened to me was being part of this church. Be patient. And, and by the way, be patient when Lauren and Katie aren't around as much as you want them to be around. Because here's the deal. They never leave. They're always at church. They take it with them home. It's around the dinner table. It's at breakfast. They go to bed with it. They wake up with it all the time. Um, 13 and a half years, well, right, 13 years ago, about right now, I was interviewing for this job, and somebody asked Michelle, what are you going to do? Right, like this two-for-one bargain. <laughs> and Michelle, if you know Michelle, she can't be mean, right? She didn't come back at anybody, she didn't yell at me, she just said, you know what? A lot of people can do a lot of things. There's only one person who can take care of my husband, and that's me. And I'm glad she did. I'm glad she did. Let them do that. Back on story, let, 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 let Lauren and Katie care for their husbands, care for their children, care for their home. Don't freight them with demands. And then finally, all of you, partner. Partner for the cause of Christ. Listen, this has been, by the way, one of my joys at Foothill Church. Can I just, I want to just say this out loud. Travis and, J, and, and JD, an echo and story. One of the things that has made Foothill Church such a joy to pastor is their patience with me and my family, is their partnership with me and my family. Partner with them. Partner. Like, be good friends, right? You're in this together for the glory of God. You're in this together for the fame of Jesus. You're in this together for the sake of the gospel. So hear me. When I say partner, be ready to pool together, to come together with your time, your talent, your treasure. Story Church, Echo Church, listen to me. If you are willing to entrust your souls to these men, can you trust them with your finances? Can you say, I can trust you to steward this well? If you can't, you shouldn't be there. Like, man, they're ready to run with you. They're ready to do, but that's going to require that you partner. You partner financially. You, you, partner, you partner physically. Like, you come together and say, man, we know you need. We know this thing is not a one-man show. Do you understand this? This is not Travis and Stephen. This is not JD's gig. This is the people of God coming together for the advancement of the kingdom of God in the world. It's not about them. 
And I can promise you, hear me, I promise you that if you talk to them, they have a hundred things to accomplish between now and next Sunday when this thing gets started. What could you do to help? Better yet, let me say this. They'd probably be grateful for the help. What could you do to help week after week after week after week with children, with youth, with standing in a parking lot. Man, I, I drove up to your, one of your preview services a few weeks ago, and there's Kelly Hurley out there with you guys, Story Church, standing in the parking lot, just, just willing to serve. Man, may her tribe increase, and may there be more and more and more of that among you, willing to say, man, I'll do whatever it takes. I don't need the spotlight. I don't need the limelight. I'm here to serve Jesus Christ, right? Partner together for the glory of God. And know this, that back here in Glendora, in our area, there is a church that loves you. There is a church that is praying for you. There is a church that is here for you. There is a church that will support you when things are going great and will support you when you feel like it's not going to work. We're here. We love you. We're cheering for you. We will pray for you. And let's see what God's going to do through all this. We love you all. I'm going to ask if J.D. and Travis and your wives and Stephen and Allison, Stephen and Allison is such a faithful part of helping with, with J.D. and Travis and on staff there. I'm going to ask if you'd all come up. And we've brought, we, we have our elders here and elders and wives. Michelle, will you come? And, um, and why don't you just come and stand up here on stage with me? Because we're going to pray over them and, uh, and just ask the Lord uh, to help them. Um. It's good that we lay hands on them. It's good that we come together at a time like this and just ask God to, to go before them. So come on up, and, and, um, and we're going we're gonna to just uh, pray for you here in a moment. Yeah, why don't you guys just stand right over here? You can face us and let, yeah, Travis and JD come right down here. And Lauren, Katie, Kelly. You lost her, Travis. Story of your life. <laughs> you're right. That's good right there. That's good. That's good. Come on, Katie. You're good. Oh, yeah. Why don't all you guys gather around them? Just come behind them and just gather up close. Um, Travis and JD, scripture is clear. Elders are to lead the church with holiness and humility, protecting the church with conviction and caring for her with gentleness. As elders, our lives must be marked by the qualifications of 1 Timothy 3, Titus 1, 1 Peter 5. You are to shepherd the flock of God. You're to protect it from wolves. You're to teach sound doctrine. You're to be dignified, self-controlled, keeping the faith and love and remaining steadfast. You guys have proven yourself faithful and qualified yourselves as elders. You've been tested by Foothill Church, by Bethlehem Baptist, by The Village, by Acts 29, by the Southern Baptist Convention, and found to be qualified to serve in this role. 
And so now before God, these elders and pastors, your brothers and sisters in Christ from Foothill Church, Story Church, and Echo Church, do you promise by God's grace to love and lead Christ's church in a way that is faithful to Scripture, esteems Jesus as the chief shepherd, and brings glory to God? And if you will do that, will you say, by God's grace, we do? Then will you guys kneel, and I want the elders to gather around Travis and J.D. Ladies, would you lay hands on Katie and Allison and Lauren and all of you out here? Bow your heads with me. Father, we know that in your grace, when you want to plant a church, you call a man. And Travis and J.D. have answered that call, and so we pray for them. This is not the end of the journey, but just the beginning. We pray that they would be good shepherds that are not in this for selfish gain, but for your glory and the good of your people. And so equip them to shepherd faithfully. We pray that you would anoint them as preachers of your word, that as they stand in the pulpits of story and echo churches, week in and week out, the word would build your church. It would be milk and meat to your people. It would nourish them and your people, that by the power of your spirit, their preaching would teach, reprove, correct, and train your people in righteousness. We pray for gospel clarity, that the gospel would saturate every part of these churches in their lives and that they would make it clear which is the way they ought to speak. Father, we pray for faithfulness and fruitfulness, faithful to you and to your word, faithful to sound doctrine, faithful to Jesus Christ. And then through that, will you, in your kindness, grant abundant fruit to be produced in these churches. We pray that they would guard the good deposit of scripture that has been entrusted to them. We pray that you would shepherd, they would shepherd with all patience and endurance. We pray that they would not find their identity in how big or how successful these churches are in the world's eyes, but in the fact that they are deeply, totally loved children of God. And to that end, open the eyes of their hearts that they might be open to see the hope to which you have called them. What are the riches of your glorious inheritance in the saints and what is the immeasurable greatness of your power toward us who believe? We pray against the enemy of our souls. We pray that you would defeat the devil, his demons, his works and effects in these men and their families. And to that end, we pray for their families, God. We ask that you might equip and protect and defend Lauren and Katie and Allison, Audrey, Owen and Pierce, Owen and Peyton, that in 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, they would look back and say, this church that my husband, my father pastored was the best thing that ever happened to me. We commit these men into your care knowing that he who began a good work in them will be faithful to complete it on the day of Jesus Christ. And we pray all this in the name of Jesus, our chief shepherd and the lover of our souls. And everybody said, amen. 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 Thank you, guys. Amen. Amen. Now, here's what I want to do. If you're going to be part of Echo Church, will you stand? And maybe you guys can kind of gather down here, if you don't mind. And then Story Church, where are you guys? Go ahead and stand. Awesome. Praise God. I want you guys kind of clump up together. I'm going to ask Travis and JD to kind of join down there with you. Some of you have friends down here. You have family down here that are going with them. Would you guys kind of just come and, and I, I don't care. You can get up out of your seats at this point and, uh, if you want to. And let's just, oh, those of you who are behind them, just sort of lean into them. Lay a hand on a shoulder 
let's, let's ask the Lord uh, to bless them, okay? So let me, let me talk to you guys for a moment, Echo Church and, uh, and Story Church. And um, I want you to listen to this. Echo and Story Church. Scripture tells us that those who belong to God in Christ also belong to the local church. There is no such thing as a churchless Christian. The context through which you are to work out your faith with fear and trembling is among a group of believers gathered together in a certain time and place. Therefore, the local church isn't optional. It is absolutely necessary for your growth, protection, and spiritual care. As those who will form the first congregations of Echo Church and Story Church, you are called to regularly participate in the life of the church by faithfully attending the weekly gatherings, serving in its ministries, and giving of your resources. You are called to a life of deep communion and relationship with the Lord, confessing your sins and receiving God's forgiveness. You are called to submit to the scriptures as the final authority of your life as this leads to peace and to your flourishing. You are called to live in Christian community, loving one another out of the love you have received from God in Christ. You are called to obey your leaders as those who keep watch over your souls. So now, in the presence of God and before these many witnesses, do you promise by God's grace to love and serve and give to your respective churches out of obedience to Jesus for the glory of God and for your good. And if you promise that, will you say, by God's grace, we do. Amen. Bow your heads. Church, stand. Will you reach your hands out towards them? And let's pray. So, Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus Christ, our great high priest, recognizing that when you want to plant a church, you call people to seed that plant, to step out in faith and participate in the new work you're doing. Those standing before us today have said yes, and so we pray for them. Father, we pray today for supernatural unity at Echo Church and Story Church. We know that that is a work of your spirit, and without unity, everything else will come to nothing. What unites us all together, Lord, I pray, remind us, is not our political affiliation, it's not our gender, it's not our class, it's not our race. I pray that as the world around us becomes more divided, the people in this room would become more united around the person, the work, and the message of Jesus Christ. We pray that these would be eager to be shepherded by Travis and J.D. and Stephen, that you would make it a joy and not a burden to lead them, for that would be of no advantage to them. We pray that these churches would be marked out by love for one another, the kind of love that would make it obvious that they are your disciples, a love that would compel them to serve one another, be kind to one another, outdo one another in showing honor, give to one another, forbear with one another, forgive each other. We pray that these would be churches that would conduct themselves with wisdom toward outsiders, making the most of every opportunity you give them. That from the moment people drive onto their properties and walk into the sanctuaries, they might say, surely God is in this place. We pray that these would be multiplying churches, that today would be just the beginning of what you have in store for Southern California and our world that this would be the beginning of a gospel resurgence, that out of these three churches represented here would come dozens of God-glorifying, Jesus-exalting, spirit-empowered, word-preaching, disciple-making, gospel-centered churches. 
We pray for perseverance. God, the road ahead will be hard at times. There will be days of great victory and days of hard defeat. But through all that, I pray that those standing here would not throw in the towel. They would not quit. They would simply be reminded that we are in a spiritual battle with a real enemy that will oppose us at every turn. But we thank you that the one that is in us is greater than the one that is in the world. We thank you that while this in this world we will have trouble, we can be cheerful because you, Jesus, have overcome the world. And finally, Father, can we be so bold as to ask in the name of your son, Jesus, that you would send revival and let it begin with us. That as the gospel is preached in these churches, that many, many hundreds, thousands of people will come to believe that Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God, and that by believing they might have life in his name. And we ask all this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, the head of the church, and everybody said, amen, amen. amen.